It's time to go into auto reverse with Tony and Matt, where we look at bands that are underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, and to some unknown. This week, we're going auto reverse on Wireless. Greg Vegas is our guest for today. He's an old friend of mine. I've known him for at least, I want to say, close to 20 years, like yeah, 18, yeah. 19 years. Uh, we met when I was doing TP, and he was working at ADA, correct? Yeah, yeah. At the distributor. And he helped me get a distribution deal at ADA um, way back in 2007 or eight. Yeah. I can't even remember. Um, and we are friends but we're also big music fans and we like a lot of the same stuff and um and we're also ma massive vinyl people so tony we talked about somehow getting greg uh our guest on the show and we were trying to find the right band uh, at least you were trying to say like we need to find the right band to bring greg uh on to talk about and how did you come about wire or i forget the, the conversation back and forth do you do you remember I just asked him, which band do you want to do? He said, Wire. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I might have suggested like something like World Domination Enterprise or something really obscure. Uber obscure. Uber obscure, yeah. I'm definitely an expert in that if you ever want to get to that point. But anyway. Yeah, okay. Maybe we'll, that'll be like season eight or something. <laughs> it's like when you're running out. Running out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Getting into the early, or we can go into early Comset Angels only for Oh, that well, that one, I, you know me, man. I'm interested in that one. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So this is this is the, probably like the one I was like, you know, and I I was probably a little apprehensive, be like, you know, because I also feel like, uh, you know, there's a you know, you don't feel like, oh, I really know anything, but I do, I do know a lot about Wire, so <laughs> which yeah, is, which yeah. is great because like I kind of came into this like I know a little bit of Wire and just going through this in Tony's playlist. Um, I'm, I'm kind of interested in your arc. How, how did you came to like first introduce to them? And then like, because they are a band, that's not like, you know, they don't kind of sit in one style very long. They seem to kind of go in a lot of different directions. And obviously they kind of evolved from being, you know, uh, starting out in 77 with um, Pink Flag and then kind of evolving, kind of changing their music a little bit from there. But how did you really come about uh, Wire and coming to know them? I will really was you know i think my real appreciation and, and the obsession with wire became in like around 85 86 when the whole like uh uh you know uh, um you know when their sort of like comeback came around you know when they were doing the drill and all that stuff right you know so it was like um you know college radio they were kind of a big deal so you know it would have been um i'm just thinking yeah so that was probably my introduction uh, like reintroduction, even though I knew them as like one two XU because I heard them on a bunch of punk comps, you know, back in years before uh, when I was, you know, you know, people when you back when you exchanged, you got aware of stuff like people giving you cassette tapes and stuff like that, you know. And I'd heard, I think I'd heard like, you know, stuff from Chairs Missing and stuff like on the radio or something, you know, like at one point. But, you know, the Snake Drill EP basically was my sort of like, what the hell is this? This was awesome, right? So, Serious of Snakes probably one of my all-time favorite songs and you know so that four song ep which is really the 86 80 i guess 85 86 but um that's i was working at a radio station in connecticut uh, wxci 
and that's when I really like was really like whoa you know this band just kind of blew my mind and I, but I knew about them as a classic punk band but then I would just do really dove in because I was working at like record stores in Milford Connecticut you know like the the train stores like record town whatever it was called and I worked with a bunch of a couple older guys who just immediately turned me on to you know the 154 and Cheers Missing and you know Pink Flag and all the other stuff and I just was like obsessed and I think you just said like they're the constant movement of the band like how did they get from 1976 to you know the 12xu to the snake drill ep you know right. and less than 10 10 years which is pretty fascinating and to me even though they're considered like you know let you know like ground zero uk punk they didn't fit like they weren't stiff little fingers or any of those sex pistols they weren't this you know to me they weren't fitting into that which really appealed to me really appealed to me yeah so yeah they weren't they weren't like they weren't movement. they weren't like kind of more like to me a lot of the punk ba- original punk bands still had like a rock and roll thing like a you know like a straight yeah, rock exactly. and roll thing just sped up and maybe a little bit edgier but like there was something about wire that wasn't like that and, exactly. and that's exactly yeah, what it was yeah it was like it was like it wasn't the chugga 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 you yeah. know <laughs> you know like blues riffs of like that's basically yeah. what the sex is to me you know like yeah and so like i was definitely more the post-punk so i realized before i really realized what that was the, what that term was like the post-punk thing was really my thing and even though i think wire or post-punk before post-punk it was even a thing you know? yeah. it was like they were, they were like the inspiration for post-punk more than punk you know and that's my take on it anyway so like if you go to yeah, you go back to one to you know the one two XU, the Pink Flag, which is just brilliant records, but it's really minimal, minimal stuff, right? And it's like really kind of like, it's really you can tell these are guys like it's really you know guys are playing or probably didn't know how to do the you know the blues riffs and stuff like that, like <laughs> the, right. and you know they created their own sound and then you go to Chairs Missing and all of a sudden it becomes like okay this is a whole level of like art rock you know mm-hmm. synth music and then it just moves and moves and moves and that that's where so by the time I you know we get to now we're talking back to you know the snake drill ep and then you get into you know the ideal copy that the album from that which is a big breakthrough for them and this sudden new sound you know it was like hey i'm in you know whatever they're gonna do next you know yeah and um it's funny too like even though they were you know in sort of single-handedly well not single-handedly but a big part of like post-punk and the sort of like advent of post-punk they like to me pink flag is probably the most perfect punk record mm-hmm. it's like it's it's literally perfect there's nothing there's no fat on it it's just pure it it, it sounds naive but then it sounds completely wise at the same time it's like the perfect punk record um i mean they, and, dude they're doing and, 28 28 minute song 28 second songs you know yeah and, and i mean and, and it's and like and you don't even get to the point getting to the point yeah. right away and it gets in and out it's like it's like listening to the guided by voices record <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 it's it gets to the point but you never feel like you're being sh- short changed by the by the song like so even though like it's like a minute like a 30 second song a minute song you know it's like you feel you you it's like you're you're getting it all in that in those short bursts you know and to me i think that to me is like what i always thought in my own mind punk was right like don't fuck around none of this self-indulgent bullshit yeah let's get right to the Reason point that, and yeah. and hearing wire like made me realize like oh they they did it they achieved that um but they were never they didn't get the kudos that sex pistols damned you know 
they didn't the, the jam they didn't get the you know they didn't get the the credit that they deserved i, f- I feel like i feel like wire was a slow burn well, that then sort of like crossed over into new way uh, into post-punk into new wave into alternative right and so they just kept going but changing all the while yeah well they you know they didn't really embrace the look and the punk thing you know that's no. that's probably but you know but they, part, yeah yeah and so they so i think you know they had this you know really like yeah precise really short songs but then they also on, on pink flag they also have a couple you know four minute songs like like you know the the pink flag is flag is almost four minutes which is great yeah. but it's like it's really minimal only like two chords you know That's just kind of like drawn out and you know same with strange which is another one it's like literally two chords and it's a four minute song but like they dove into that but they're not doing anything noodly it's just like really minimal repetitive stuff and i think the fall were probably you know in the same you know kind of in the same area where you have that kind of like real minimal playing but so that's where they said that they were kind of post-punk even but they were still punk you know they were kind of getting they hadn't been addressed yet because so yeah and that's exactly and and i so those that that first record particularly is just like wow you know but then you dive into chairs missing and all of a sudden there's a whole different thing going on you know, there's a few of those leftover kind of punky moments, but uh, it starts to become like truly, truly, I guess what you would call the the the, the, the post punk, but more new wave. It's definitely got right. some more. You know, that's the Mike Thorne, the producer collaboration, which really kind of changed that. And I think I always consider him probably like these, like that fifth member of, of Wire. You know, mm-hmm. um, and he kind of added those elements of. Uh, yeah, the, the the synths and those kind of things, but you know, um, yeah, it's just to me, just fascinating. Like the, the you look at the, how they kind of quickly moved, and you can hear some of those. There's those kind of like demo releases that came out, like you know, that were released, and you can hear like some of those versions. It's really, I'm really fascinated by like how their demos are like basically the chairs missing in one five four stuff it's like so rudimentary even more yeah. minimal but then you can see what mike thorne added like they brought a whole nother element of keyboard riff or something or or kind of sped it up or something you know the song but it's like that that element it starts to really grow for them adding mike thorne as the producer right you know and just a, go ahead, uh, i'm sorry i just wanted to ask a real quick question didn't mean to cut you off matt um mike thorne what else did he produce besides Swire? um good question he um i mean he i think he'd done quite a bit way before um uh-huh. uh i actually no I, i'm looking sure. at now just like I, I think he really was just that was one of his big things i think actually was yeah. wire and but he ended up doing a lot of new wave stuff later you know um, later okay yeah, yeah um but um yeah i don't really know his full history like he, if he was in a band or something before that mm-hmm. but um but but yeah, we're really an interesting album. But he, you know, it was kind of a game changer. But yeah, they're now they're you know by chairs missing, they're sort of like really kind of out of the punk thing and into the new wave. I guess is where, where they were kind of dabbling at that point. I mean, that's what everybody was kind of doing anyway. No. 
You know, the thing of what you guys are saying, like, Pink uh, Flag is such a perfect record, but, there's, you know, there's an element to me that feels like when they did that and they finished it, it was kind of like, well, we can't be, do any better than that. So let's go into a new direction. There's a bit, like, even I haven't really gone too much further past the Bell is a Cup, but it's like there's an element to the band. It's, they feel like a checkbox band, like they... Like we've done this, let's check the box. Let's try to try some. Let's try something else, or let's go move in this other direction. Well, it's, it's, it's totally that, and that's why I, I loved about them. And when I first saw them live, you know, it was uh, in near it was '87 uh, during the Ideal Copy tour, and they only played songs from the new the new album and the EP, the the, the Snake Trail. And then I think they played a couple new new songs they're about to put out on you know Bells and Cup, and so that was like. You know, first of all, it, would, it pissed a lot of the old punks off because you know they hadn't been around and played in the U.S. quite a while at that right. time, and so they, that's what they. But they every time they played, that's what they were doing. So when they came, when they came back around again, when they kind of you know went away and came back in the early two thousands and started playing, they were doing exactly that again, and it annoyed so many people off. And I was just like, well, what do you expect? They've always done that. Like you know, people. I was always <laughs> pissed off at the people like they didn't play one two X. She was like, yeah, but they've never done that. Like they never ever did that. You know, and you know now they do that. They sort of embrace it. And I think it's great. But they would just will come back. But like. If you see them now, I saw them maybe uh, it was just I did, actually the last show I was going. I, the first show I blew off for, due to COVID was Wire because Wire was touring right in New York when that week everything kind of shut down. And I, the show was still happening. It did happen. I was called Williamsburg, but I decided let's skip it, right, because of the COVID thing. But, you know, I, but the year before that, they played. I saw them at Babies Are Right, which is a really uh -huh. great. They played yeah, a, yeah, a small club, awesome. and they play their old songs, but they play them totally differently. They just do new versions of them, and sometimes play them twice in the set and play them totally different. Wow! And that's what I love. That I love about them. They still do like they'll just dive into weird songs and like, you know, they, their new albums are pretty great, and they do a lot of. But they'll break into like a Boiling Boy and you know, kind of an obscure single from you know, like a Bell's a Cup. And but the, you're like, wait, is that a Boiling Boy? Like I, yeah. I think it is. And you're like. Oh yeah, it is. It's just faster. You know, they're always doing that, and that's why I always love them. So to me, like they're the quintessential art rock band. You know, like the yeah. art rock punk band. And you know, I think I was gonna say like they were doing touring. You know, by the time in eight seventy eight, apparently they were touring with Roxy Music and you know stuff like that. So they had like they were, I think it's intentionally probably trying to avoid the the real punk scene because right. they found their niche was like the art rock and then they kind of go into goth territory sometimes i think 154 is a pretty dark record so generally mm -hmm. most goths like 154 if they have a wire record in yeah. the collection you know because you know it's so but that's exactly they were always doing that you know i, I can't you know from my understand even back when they were playing in the day and i think there's even that album you know the um, document and i the document uh what is it called the uh uh, yeah, the Documentary Witness album that came out in 81, which is like half it's a live thing, and that's like just improvisations of that. It's like just weird, it's a weird record. It's like doing weird shit, you know, so I don't really know the, the history of the shows, but basically that's what they were doing. And so they were just totally moving forward, and, and to me, like, they're one of those examples, and they're a rare example, too, like, a, like literally, like, a moving on all the time although you know those first three records you can they still sound like wire but you know the, but they're moving on pretty quickly within two years basically which is a really interesting thing there's none of this oh five years between albums which, which everybody does now they were right. doing records like every you know probably 11 months you know and then and then i and then i guess when they broke up in the early 80s was it late early 80s and then they reformed again in the mid 80s uh, yeah. I mean, maybe i have the years wrong it's somewhere in there 
they right. went on yeah, tour, so, so, they went on tour with new material in the mid 80s and then and then had a band called x lion tamers like a yes. wire cover band <laughs> yes, open up for yeah. them so they would play the yeah, old yeah. material and then the and then they that's would play hilarious. the new material oh, that's genius. and that's un, wow. that is unfucking real i i think that's yeah, hilarious. That's, yeah, that yeah. i saw them at that show at the rich they opened for they, they're a jersey band and they opened up for uh for wire and oh, they basically they they they, they played the ex oh cameras played so they played hilarious. the old songs. They were they were US. They were a Jersey band. Those guys. That's hilarious. I didn't know they were a Jersey band. That's so funny, man. I I think and that's the yes. thing. It's like it's like they. It's a lot of times rock, like rock bands or just bands in general. Like over time, they start to believe their own hype and their own bullshit. That uh, to me, this is a band that never believed that stuff, and actually added a sort of a sense of dry humor but also like an intellectual kind of like like even the lyrics like you were talking about punk the original punk and the original punk was a lot about fashion and and a look and and attitude and like like to to me like their thing was besides the um economical way that they made music they also i think the lyrics too were weird and uh you know sort of more intellectually um driven and you know th that made that set them apart too from almost any well, other band. i mean well, all the i only other band i could think of similarly would be like gang of four you know right. that's uh, or something well, you know you know it's funny because like listening to all the albums the only comment i mean you guys will probably figure some you know being longer fans than i have but it's you know the one thing that i see is one thread that goes through all their stuff is just like this heightened sense of precision it seems mm -hmm. like they these they have a vision of what they're going to do, and it's like carried out to the you know the top you know the nth degree. So it's it's not like they're fucking around. It doesn't feel like they're fucking around. It feels like this is this is, this is something that we're putting forth, and there's there's a there's a bit of passion behind it. But the preciseness from Pink Flag to even 154, which has some kind of abstract moments too. It just, it sounds, it, there's a, you know, I don't know if thoughtful is the word, but it just seems like it's nothing like, it's not, nothing glib about any of their albums. It seems like you're, yep. you, you take a, you, you, my attention to all, every, all the, all their albums, at least it's the five that I was listening to, um, and I need to listen to more, obviously, but it's just like, it seems like it wasn't like they were dicking around, like they weren't, they weren't the banners, it's like, well, this is our last album for such and such album, uh, record label, and we're just going to do a half-asser. It seems like they put forth... Yeah, yeah, no, they... they it it, yeah, they didn't. They didn't screw. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, and so I was gonna say, like, the, you know, you also had an element, like, it wasn't just, like, even though the sort of front man lead vocalist was, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, well, you had, well, you basically had multiple guys in the band doing doing different things. You had Colin Newman, who was kind of the face of it, the the singer, but you had Graham Lewis, the bass player, who had his songs as well and sang lead, but also like. The guitar player Bruce Gilbert, who's probably my favorite part about the band, was sort of like the textural stuff of guitars, but he wrote a lot of the lyrics for the stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so you had this kind of really dynamic collaboration of a little bit of varying sounds. And yeah, and they were kind of like already moving on. So by, you know, it's just, so you're talking about like, you know, when they kind of broke up, they, you know, did the first three records. You had, you know, by Time 154, which was, came out in 79. And then, I th then I think believe that's when they were all kind of starting to do solo stuff. You had, mm -hmm. you know, or collaborative projects. You had Dome, which was uh, was it was Gilbert and Lewis were doing together, and then you had well, then Colin end up doing, you know, his first album, which is really considered was you know it's really most of the guys in the wire are playing on it, but the solo record 
uh, you know, A to Z is really the fourth. I consider like almost like the fourth wire record, but it's just Collins stuff, right? So you have shit. I didn't my, put that. On, I didn't put that on a yeah, playlist. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's you know, but, you got but time. You got time. Tom. Yeah, okay. So but you have Mike Horn producing it. So again, you have yeah. you know, uh, you know, drummer Robert Go to Bed on drums. You know, so I think everyone's on it. But you know, and Desmond Simmons, but everyone's on it except you know, um, you don't have Graham Lewis on it. Um, and, and, and Bruce Gilbert, but they were doing their dome thing at that time. So yeah, so now you have the fourth album, A to Z, which is really it's a Colin Newman record, but it, it's sort of like people consider it like that, you know, that fourth wire record. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're already moving on to stuff. So then they kind of were doing their stuff, and Graham was starting to do his he said project, which solo. You can't really it's hard to include all the solo stuff because they had so many things they were doing. But he said became Graham's thing, you know. So they kind of moved on, did their thing, and. And I guess, you know, within the five years or so, they reconvened and started doing, that's when Snake Drill came around in 85 and 86. And uh, then they're back in action again. So, you know, but now they're just like rhythmic, electronic, you know, sounding, you know, almost similar to like New Order and stuff like that, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, which is, you know, and again, if you listen to that Snake Drill EP, it's still like, as much as like this, it's really unique sounding. I mean, it's such a great like electronic, but still edgy and a lot of weird guitar stuff and angular. Um, and the songs like Advantage and Heights, off that is like just like just blows my mind and how like just intense the just angular that is, you know. So you know they're doing all this really great stuff, and then they just keep moving on from there, and it's just like really bizarre, you know, to me how like a band just like okay they have a drummer, but they. And that's one of the things like Robert Goodman played like a drum machine, and they're basically a piece of playing just like the rhythm tracks, and you know that's why they're not doing any of their old stuff, you know. And it's just really, it's really amazing. And an Ideal Copy is kind of a breakthrough for them because right. they have this ahead is like this big single, and it was kind of a, you know, anybody in a new wave club in that period <laughs> of time was like dancing to that track, you know. Oh yeah, I, ha- I think I have that on one of those left field disco comps of mine, yeah. uh, Joey Negro ones, yeah. Uh, you know, li- listen. I, I I use this analogy: a painter make paints a great painting, right? It's not like the people that love that art are going to make the painter keep painting the same fucking painting over again, yep. over and I, over again. Yeah. It's done. It made it. It's great. Unless you're Look Jackson it, Pollock. Unless, yeah, it's like it's like that's the problem with music <laughs> fans. They want you to keep recreating that painting over and over again. And by the time you look at it, it looks like nothing. It's just a fucking, you know, it's like a p- pixelated, you know, blob. Right. And that, and I think that I think the band understood that. I actually think ben, uh, Wire were also ahead of their time in terms of marketing and sales and and sort of branding of their band. I mean, I think that part of the reason why they broke up is they fucked the first time was they had an issue with uh, EMI or, or yeah, it was, they I got, can't I remember. I think they got dropped in a sense. Is really they got dropped because cause they had all these ideas on how to promote. I don't know if it was Chairs Missing or One or One Five Four, um, where four. they wanted to yeah. do. They wanted to do um, like uh, what do you call it? Like what do you call it when you do con- a bunch of concerts in a week? Uh, like uh, oh yeah, the residency. Yeah. Residencies. I mean, that's like the big thing now, right? Like they were way ahead of their time. They also wanted to do weird videos. So there you go. They were also sort of pre. You know, they were they were already making yeah. proto videos like that, like even before MTV. So it's like this is a band that really understood, like had a really good like idea of themselves, yeah. and then and then and then met their and then met the criteria that I think is the most important thing for bands. Right. I really yeah, and I think 
They and, were and fucking it, singular. They were singular. Yeah, Nobody yeah, else yeah. was like them. Nobody. Yeah, yeah. And, and, Nobody. and they had, you know, and just to back up, like, Chairs Missing, you know, in 78, they had kind of a minor hit with this outdoor minor track, right? Which is yeah, a beautiful, yeah. like, it's got a piano part in it. You know, it's a really cool, yeah. like, little indie, kind of indie pop song in a way, right? You know, it was, it was getting some plays in the, in the U.S. and stuff, and they were touring yeah. pretty heavily then. So, you know, they had kind of, like, so from a label perspective, they had some sort of minor hits and radio stuff, you know. But I think it's again like when you're dealing with EMI or any of those guys, they were looking at for the they were looking at bands that had the image and were kind of like right. you know blowing it blowing it down the doors with their whatever they're doing. So yeah, so you know it's there. And again, that's you you brought up the painter. That's why I said these guys are pri- primo art rock. You know, <laughs> these guys are just <laughs> yeah. doing their thing. You know, they're moving on and like don't want to be stuck. And I think that's what I always appreciate about them. There was they were always abandoning you know yesterday yesterday's stuff. You know, just to kind of keep you know going going forward. So you know they're, they're now you know then they be you know the mid early eighties. They all kind of doing solo stuff, experimenting with electronics and doing you know all kinds of you know strange records now on like 4ad with colin and you know mm-hmm. and various labels actually most of the projects were on for the side projects were on 4d or mute back then mm-hmm. so they were kind of fitting that world and then they come back and they you know they kind of do this like you know breakthrough in the u.s college radio and i think u.s they had a much better um you know ahead and those tracks really were big in the u.s so they were touring a bit and then they you know they do in 88 they do a bell is a cup until it's struck you know, and they have the Kiddy Bingo song, which is, becomes an MTV kind of, you right. know, underground video mm-hmm. that's played. Like 120 minutes yeah. fodder. Yeah. 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 So they're kind of, you know, the moment band and they're definitely up there with, again, they're getting now looked at. Now they're 10 years into their career and and doing a kind of fresh sound and, and catering, you know, and sorry, catering, but like being part of the new fresh sound, right? But it's also been a new order kind of, you know, lumped into that. But at that time, like the best English bands are all experimenting with drum machines and electronics. You know, everyone is doing that. Yeah. You know? Uh, Wolfgang Wolf Press was yeah. doing all those bands were kind of into like get, get breaking through to you know new sounds because they were kind of experimenting with new production techniques and then what's interesting then they do you know the it's to him back again and it's you know and they have the eardrum buzz which is even a bigger hit for them in a sense but um but they started like re then they started re kind of rehashing their stuff like they sort of took the drill and they have like you know by they end up like do, redoing versions of their songs like so like they were kind of like taking live versions um like it, it's beginning to be back again is actually live performances and like from like chicago and london and they kind of like made them we redid them in the studio and it's, it doesn't sound like a live record so right. really, i guess it is but they kind of reform and at that to me was even more amazing so like now they're taking an even stranger concept like you know they're like fuck it let's just read we're doing the songs differently on tour let's bring them to the studio and kind of represent them and they were almost on un, un, you know unidentifiable so like th- there's another movement that like like what the fuck is that like who, who the hell does that right <laughs> you yeah know? and mm-hmm. and you know and but it also brings you back to when i saw them in in 87 like they end up playing ahead twice like they end up did the, did the whole set of all new stuff they played ahead this thing with the time was the big single and then they ended the night with ahead and that was it and they played it again which was <laughs> kind of a trend then and then that was it no snow encore that was it done we're done yeah. out of here you know well and, that, you know, that, they, that yeah <laughs> That harkens back to the sort of concept of a of the album, right? Like to play to to start the album with the theme, whatever the first yep, song is, right. and then end the album with the theme, part two. You know, like that to me is just it's just a way of like kind of I don't know uh, 
it hel- I think it helps people. It helps people like bring it all together and, and understand it as a piece. Which I I mean that that's what they were, man. It's like that's who they are. It's yeah. Like they everything is a perf- everything is a piece of art. Everything is a performance. Everything is like you know it's it's all and like you said like the way that they've re you know sort of uh, um, reconfigured their old songs and re-recorded them and then and it's like you know it's like it's all part of the same thing and it's like and that you know and it's not it's not traditional so like most bands would never do that they, yeah I and, I, and, and balls, I don't think anybody so. i know anybody i mean ever, ever bands have done that taking live recordings and do stuff but yeah. i think i still don't know you know kind of in a contemporary time where that's been pulled off very well yeah and it, yeah. it looks great you know so and they actually even did like a later the drill like it's like an album of like kind of i guess remixes reworks even after that that was called the drill so they because that whole drill dugga 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 thing they have like mm-hmm. if you haven't you should listen to that song the whole thing's like dugga 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 and it's just like just rip, you know it's a, it's like a chugging guitar thing but they kind of just they embrace that like the whole thing and it's like reworked the you know, super versions of those the, the totally different versions of that one song like must have like five different versions of that they, they'll play at any time mm-hmm. like live you know so that's what's fascinating and then you know so this and, and i think it's in- interesting because like the last record they did really the the new album in 1990 was well manscape which is definitely a little like they're like light rock version like probably the least popular of their albums um but very cool it's still got a very unique electronic-y sound you know but it's nowhere near the edge of anything else um you know they had a, i think small black reptile was the single which just mm-hmm. recently was reworked again on a recent release a couple <laughs> years ago they just did a new like version of like that kind of thing so they're still revisiting those songs but you know i think that i just assume they're just like they're just jamming and they're kind of like, hey i just dig this we should do a new version of this you it's know the restlessness of just like yeah we're tired yeah. of playing it this way let's tried it another way and you know i i think it's just like you know one of the reasons why they're such an influential band and not just on a certain type of music like they there are a, a wide span of bands and musicians who have claimed you know wired as their influence and i you know there's a lot of reasons why you know they're from you're saying like just from their you know you go from pink flag and, and just their trajectory but also the, the 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 variety of stuff that they have put out i think has you know been a big influence like in fact like i didn't even know of wire until destroy oh boy which is they uh new bomb turks did a cover of mr suit i believe mm-hmm. and, oh yeah Chris, yeah that and the, that's yeah. and that's how i kind of like it's almost like yeah that's not their song great, it's, it's a, a great song. it's a great that's a great cover by the way i love that one yeah the new bomb turks mm-hmm. version yeah and i was like oh cool and that kind of led me into finding out more about them but yeah it's you know, I, I was like looking into, you, you don't have to throw a stick very far to find a band um, that has had some influence on them. Um, or they yeah, had some it, influence, so. And if they, ha- and if Wire hasn't had an influence on them, I don't really trust them. Because I mean, how do you not, <laughs> that's like, so. that is such a like, that's like, uh, you know, that's some, that's how you sign bands that's on TP. Isn't that how you sign uh, bands on TP? You used to ask yeah, them really, if they liked no, Wire and if they didn't like them. Do you like Wire? Yes or no? Like, and like sorry. Yeah, no, I know. That should have been it should have been one of the uh, requirements. Uh, actually, half of the band. Well, that's not true. Probably more than half the people I worked with knew who, knew who Wire were or liked Wire or whatever. Exactly, there's definitely a culture of a certain type of band that most likely yeah. you can assume, even though they're not directly, you can probably yeah. assume, like, yeah, I know that, right? Because like, there's, there's, that's exactly it. They have so many different points where you can be an influence of. Right. Um, and I, I, I think their electronic 
periods in the late, late 80s and early 90s get ignored. And I'll bring up, you know, their final, like, 90s, well, the, the final record from that second wave of, like, the 80s and 90s, like, to, like, 92 was... Uh, when they dropped the E in the band, it was, they were called Wire or Were, right? W-I-R. They had an album <laughs> called The First Letter. And that was that came out in 91, 92, which is unbelievably great record. But that's when they lost Robert Gotobed, the drummer, because they were just doing drum machine at that point, right? So he he retired or whatever at the point. But that's a great record. And if you don't, most people don't know that because it was sort of came out. And I think everyone, even the label, that was on mute. But I think even then the, the labels were probably bored with them, right? For just keep keep going, you know. Mute has been their where's their label for quite a few years, but you should check that record out because that's yeah. a really cool record and it's you know it's got a lot more like Graham Lewis kind of focus on it, but it's still a wire record, it just doesn't have Robert Goetebed the drummer on it, you know. And that was sort of their last for quite a bit, and then they kind of went away again, and it wasn't until you know early two thousands they came around with these new EPs that they were dropping, right? And mm-hmm. they were like so even more rudimentary than they were doing any time before and if you listen to those um those eps i guess it would have been read and burn and read and burn one and two and three mm-hmm. that came out and on cds in nine, 2002 and that's when they again came around to play again for the first time in a while but anyway so then they're reinventing themselves again in a sense but you know it's still very much wire but it's like i think they even recorded with uh, steve albini at one point and mm-hmm. um so anyway it's just that you keep diving in and then they continue to make records which are pretty great you know um and it's just, it's just fa- it fascinates me still like that whole read and burn period because again like they just sort of like scrapped everything made it even more basic <laughs> and noisier <laughs> and they were playing that stuff live and it was great you know, you know that's this, a, this makes me want to go back and, i was and, just gonna and go say and check all this stuff out because i i have i do definitely have uh blind spots when it comes to some of the like like '90s, 2000 stuff with them. I, you know, I kind yeah. Of I was gonna say you days, should so, you yeah. should share it with uh, Greg and if he which ones he thinks we should add to the playlist because it's no. Pretty- he, I I make I'll make it. I think I made it editable for him. He yeah, can I just, added, like I he added, can just I he can just to put out what he wants because I dude, I, that's I just have a, a blind spot and I actually this makes me like psyched to 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 get yeah. back into it because like I like the whole idea of going of of starting. Uh, starting anew by right. actually taking everything apart like because that's what they that's just who they are yeah. you know they're going to strip it all apart and start over again yeah, um, you know, which to me which to me is that's the whole the whole point of post-punk you know it's like 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 that song like the orange juice song rip it up and start again it's yep, just yep, like yep. that's what this is this is what it is and it, and dude this is purely anecdotal but when i was at the record fair yesterday on vancouver island everyone's looking for postpartum everyone everyone whether it's 20 year old kids or old ass motherfuckers like me everyone's looking for it and we're, and we're talking about everything from wire to new order it doesn't matter it's like constant it was well, kind of, all I could hear in my ear. Well, I love it when you can kind of, you know, when you when they have the records for sale and people are diving through, they're like, oh, what's this? Oingo Boingo. Yeah, it's post punk. Oh, I'll buy it. You just got to tell them it's post punk. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess, what's this Billy Joel? That's his post punk record. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you're the craziest salesman. He's like, oh, uh, I'm passing Oingo Boingo off as post punk. Oh, my lord. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. I'll add. I mean, I did. I did have the 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 the, the were record there, but I'll add those read and burn. But like, but yeah, I just want you know. So they keep exploring. Even they're starting to go back, and which is interesting for a band and everyone back to their you know never played their earlier the previous album songs, but they're kind of you know embracing it again. So the album they put out in 2020, which is called 1020, is actually eight songs of like reworked tracks from you know from forever you know so wow. and it's it's like you know a lot of it's from the um from those late later 80s records but yeah they did it and it's like totally cool and i almost rec- unrecognizable and then they you know the last record they put out was uh mind hive i guess it came out in 2020 so they put those out kind of in tandem but that's which is a great new record of new material so they've been pretty active like every couple of years are putting out new records and they're all worth getting you know anything you know is pretty much worth getting um uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, I'm always excited when they come around, and I still like regret not going to that COVID show. <laughs> like, what, apparently what was this in 2019? It was 2020, so like with that week oh, when everything okay. shut down, oh, like wow. I had tickets oh, yeah. for the March. And it, was, yeah. and it was the first time I actually missed a wire show that you know because you know I was like we decided not to go. Apparently, there was only like 50 people there, so it probably would have been fine if we went, you right. know. But um, but you know, but it's you know I, i'd always recommend seeing them but i i must say i did give up for a minute when they were like you know they have a new guitar you know bruce gilbert no longer tours with them uh and they have a new new guy playing with them and you know he's uh, matthew i forget his name but he's you know adds a ton a ton to the bands uh you know they're kind of really doing a lot of it's a really good he's really in the band not just the guy playing right. guitar and, and he's actually in the band they actually had a moment with margaret margaret fielder from Leica and moonshake played with that played with them when they first started coming around again so you know i i just i, re, I really do i think they're just still well at it you know colin newman is doing his own stuff all the time does electronic music does solo stuff he's got this git head which is kind of like this crazy electronic stuff he does has a great radio show with his wife um uh they they do called the swimming music for swimming or something like swimming music that's really great and they're always playing new stuff but i just love that there's still like you know from you know how many years now since right. the mid 70s still going forward you know and doing exciting things but there's so much to be discovered for them and you know but it's like it's almost too much to cover and you know and this kind of short chat we're having yeah i know it's, you know it's well, like we, we are we we are getting a completest immersive and passionate yeah interpretation from you which i completely expected and that's why another yeah. reason why we asked you to do this and about, yeah and by the time that you know this this goes on you know you guys will have that playlist uh kind of out in a little bit more so it'll be a, a true treat to kind of dive in for those who know nothing about wire or know just a little and want to know more and just kind of dive into it and kind of really take this in so we really appreciate you coming on greg and uh dropping some major wire knowledge on us because uh yeah if tony had a blind spot to him i just i couldn't see him at all so it's, it's, <laughs> well i'll even throw i'll throw in a bit of this some of the the key track from some of the solo stuff that's we talked about is relevant because yeah. i think that's that, beautiful I think there's a lot of like understanding what like again what graham was doing you know when, when they kind of were branched out it is pretty important to understand how they came back together it actually all makes sense because at the right. time even at the time they were like like oh it's crazy they broke up but, the, you, but now you look at it even myself you look back it, it all makes sense where they ended up you know it's yeah. like they kind of let them do their thing and they bring it back and i i think you know I, i've actually really not read much interviews with them like but i i'm always fascinated like okay how, how these guys have been you know probably you know 
still collaborating and working together is pretty fascinating. I'm sure they've had their moments of, you know, not wanting to talk to each yeah. other for a while, but that's why they did their solo things, right? You know. Yeah. So anyway, it's yeah, it's, I appreciate you guys having me on. I find them really fascinating, but, but a good, you know, kind of like you know, in any sense of any young band or anybody who's not, you know, who, who just doesn't know, like looking at a band's history and how you can be true. You don't have to be stuck in what you do, but still be successful at right. it. You know and grow and do your thing and i think they're the classic band and maybe they sacrificed major fame you know for by not you know d doing like you know pink flag part two or, or something <laughs> right. but or whatever but um but the, you know that's but they they've continued to you know people care about them and you know those salad shows and the fact that they're still they're still doing it is amazing to me amen man well cool thanks amen. guys i really Appreciate it. So, you know, we, we call me when we have the World Domination Enterprises. Uh, yeah, for yeah, sure. We will definitely for do sure. that. <laughs> uh, there's only one album anyway, but anyway, we can go on to that. Yeah, later. and, you know, let us know what you think about this. And if you want that, World Domination, we can, we'll definitely, we'll put it up the list. I think we're like, yeah, actually like well, three I think, pages. I think the Comset Angels might be the next one. Although I don't, don't know as much about them, but I'm sort of obsessed, obsessed with them anyway. So. <laughs> me too. <laughs> uh, but let us know at autoreversepod at gmail.com or hit us up on uh, Facebook or uh, Instagram. And again, Greg, thank you so much, my man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Greg. All right. Well, next All right, time. Peace.